we're going to get to some preaching here, but um, I was struggling over whether or not to do a Father's Day message. You know how I feel about holiday preaching. And uh, I'm pretty sure last year all I said was Happy Father's Day, deal with it. And we pressed on in John, but I don't, I kind of started feeling guilty about doing that again this year. And so the Lord impressed some things upon my heart that I think I'll, I'll share with you. And, and the truth is, listen, I didn't have to do a Father's Day message last year because uh, mothers just need more help than fathers. Well, that went over well with the men. Um, anyway, I'm going, to, I'm going to attempt a Father's Day message. Uh, let's go to a very familiar passage. Let's go to the book of Genesis in chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 is I lay the groundwork for the thought that I'd like to give today. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now if you look at verses 21 through 24, The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. We see here in chapter 2 that uh, our Creator God made man and woman differently to be distinctly different. They're, dis- they're made different to be different. Amen. Um, by the way, Brother Long gave great messages at Father's Son Camp out this weekend. And, and brother, I'm still trying to process some of those deep thoughts you were given. Amen. I got some sermons I'm rattling around in my head that I'm going to give. I'm going to wait till it's been a few years so that he won't remember he gave them, and then I'll get credit for them. But uh, he was talking about just, just manhood and how God has created man. And we see here that we're created different. Um, go to chapter 3. And in this chapter, we find the fall of mankind, and, and we see in verses 16 through 19, look at what it says, after sin had entered the world, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy, thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, And hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And now look at chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And Adam knew Eve his wife. She conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So when we take these references and put them together, we see God's design for the family. We have first a husband and then a wife. Let me rephrase that. We have first a husband and a wife. Then these two, as husbands, husband and wife, would have children together. And what we find here is from the very beginning, we see God's plan for the family unit. 
There was a husband and a father that would lead. There was a wife to be a helpmeet to her husband. And they too would have children all together making up a family. Now, I don't think I have to convince you, uh, anybody this morning, I think we all would agree, anyone who is trying to honestly deal with the Word of God would, would agree that God's design for the family throughout the Bible is a patriarchal nuclear family unit. Now you say, what does that mean? It means that God's plan for a family is to have a, and you got to say these things now this way these days, God's design is to have a biological male as a father. And listen, I'm not knocking. I want to reach as many people as I can. I'm just wording it the way we have to these days. God wants a biological male as a husband, as a father in the home. And then God wants a biological female as a wife and those two to be married. Those two share children together as God would permit them to bear children. To be sure, the Bible never diminishes the role of a mother. I tried my best on Mother's Day. Amen. And it takes both parents biblically, but certainly there is heavy emphasis in the Bible upon the father's role throughout the entire Bible. And listen, we understand that there's difficult circumstances that moms find themselves in. Listen, God's not against you. He's for you. I know sometimes there's death in a family. There's abandonment. Uh, There's some things that happen. We get that. Um, Maybe... Maybe dad's present physically, but he's not engaged. And and God help you, mom, everything's being placed upon you. But God places the primary responsibility of guiding a family upon the father. For this reason, an intact, patriarchal, nuclear family is always to be preferred above all other situations. But what we find today is that many believe they are free to choose what they feel is the best definition for a family. There's no denying the erosion of the patriarchal family in our nation over the last 60 years. Once portrayed on television were shows like Father Knows Best, which aired from 54 through 60, and Leave It to Beaver, which aired from 57 to 63. And Leave It to Beaver is interesting because even the parents' names were full of symbolism. You had a dad named Ward. You catching that? He guarded and protected the family. He made sure the regulations were being followed. You had a wife named June. The summer of life, the, the time of, of life. June is from the uh, Greek word Juno, which is the Roman goddess of marriage and childbirth. All this symbolism we had taking place back there in the 50s and 60s. Both programs portrayed an intact, traditional, patriarchal, nuclear family where the father was giving sound advice to his children, guiding them through various moral lessons in life with a wife and a mother who wasn't going behind dad's back and wasn't undermining his authority in any way. But as time went on, the patriarchal family was replaced on television by a family unit which kept taking steps further and further away from God's design for the home. Men slowly became more idiotic. Just look how we're portrayed on TV today. I forgot y'all are Baptists, you don't have TV. 
I have to watch it because I have to be informed, okay? Uh, but <laughs> women slowly took on more of a man's role until we have what we find portrayed on television today where just about anything goes, if not anything goes. Just an interesting side note that I was thinking about here. Father Knows Best was set in a town called Springfield where the state's location was never given. And then in 1989, another show debuted based out of a town called Springfield where the state's never given, and the show's called The Simpsons. I find this connection interesting in this observation because both towns are in this town called Springfield of an unknown location. While Father Knows Best is about a sage father guiding his children, The Simpsons is about a bumbling idiot for a father who can't seem to do anything right. Just interesting there. Anyway, this is how my mind works throughout the week, amen? And I believe these cultural observations are important. I believe they're significant because we see this title shift that has taken place in our society over the last 60 years. And it's important to recognize because what you're seeing unfold, if you study it out and think it through, what you're seeing played out before your very eyes is the communist manifesto unfolding. And yes, I'm about to go there. I've kept my mouth shut on a lot of this because I try not to go there. It used to be we sought to do away with communism. We did. We were searching for those that had communistic ideals. And many, many men and women gave their lives fighting abroad in wars to stop the spread of communism last century. But today, we have elected officials all the way from Congress down to the local level who are open socialist and many who have strong ties to the Communist Party. This is an undeniable fact. And I'm telling you, the blood of our soldiers ought to be crying out to us to say, what is going on? If you haven't at least perused the Communist Manifesto, I recommend you do it. It's high time. I'd say you need to read it. The Manifesto of the Communist Party was written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. Frederick Engels. It was published on February 21st, 1848, and contained within the Manifesto is a clear and unapologetic desire to destroy the traditional patriarchal nuclear family. They do not hide it. Chapter 2 of the Manifesto states, and I quote, Abolition of the family... Even the most radical flare up at this infamous proposal of the communist. They're not hiding it. It is not a secret. Our manifesto, as communist says, our desire is to abolish the family. It repeatedly argues against a traditional family structure. And their hope is to strip parents of their God-given right to educate their children in favor of social education controlled by the state. And if that's not what we're seeing in America today, I don't know what is. Little by little, the patriarchal nuclear family, as outlined and preferred by God, is being replaced with this ungodly movement of, it takes a village. And on July 13, 2013, a communist organization was founded and it exploded in popularity in 2020, and it's known as Black Lives Matter. It's a communist organization. 
And in keeping with the Communist Manifesto, this is what they stated on their website under what they believe. Our intent is to disrupt the traditional family structure. And here's what it says, quote, We dismantle the patriarchal practice. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable, end quote. But something happened after they gained popularity and the money started coming in. Guess what disappeared from their website? That language. I think it was in September of 2020 it it disappeared. Don't quote me on that. Why? Because the communist manifesto was on display for all to see. On December 21st, 2012, George Alaric had an article posted on the Huffington Post entitled, The Bible is Man-Made, Why Patriarchy Still Reigns. And he states this, Patriarchy is a system inebriated by its over-dependency on identity, power, and manipulation. Patriarchy demands submission and slavery by those who are outside the sphere of the masculine gaze, end quote. On October 28, 2015, Kelly Bishop, who also had an article posted on the Huffington Post, had an article entitled, The Foolishness of So-Called Biblical Gender Roles. And she states this, quote, Patriarchy at its core is a system of injustice, end quote. In March of 2020, David Brooks wrote an article posted uh, by The Atlantic entitled, The Nuclear Family Was a Mistake. Quote, the family structure we've held up as the cultural ideal for the past half century has been a, cat- has been a catastrophe for many. It's time to figure out better ways to live together, end quote. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Noah Berlatsky, an opinion writer who's been published on NBC and CNN, wrote this, quote, parent is an oppressive class, end quote. Years after the erosion of a normal family structure, we are now seeing that people, people will decide that a family is whatever they want it to be. In December of 2019, it was reported that a Florida woman who lives with three men and has a fourth partner became pregnant, but all five are raising the children together as one. In February 2020, HGTV's House Hunters aired a show with what is called a thruple. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it goes beyond a couple. Where one man and a woman are raising two children together in Colorado Springs, and they brought in another woman they met at a bar, and now all of them are raising the kids as parents. On March the 1st, 2021, the New York Post posted an article entitled, Gay Polly Thruple Makes History lists three dads on a birth certificate. Three gay men now have two children where they all are listed as the fathers. My point is, polyamorous relationships are now receiving mainstream acceptance. It's now estimated that up to 5% of Americans are in open relationships in their marriages. And that 20% have at least attempted some form of what they call ethical non-monogamy. In short, the nuclear family is being nuked. Everybody okay? Even though, as Michelle Malkin noted in an article post on Real Clear Politics on March the 10th, 2021, quote, it is a proven fact that neighborhoods, cities, and nations 
are safer, healthier, and more prosperous where nuclear families are the norm, end quote. But as she goes on to state, but for the sake of social justice and modern progressivism, we are all just supposed to shake our heads politely and keep our alarm about the sexual slippery slope to ourselves, end quote. If somehow you disagree with that, you're not on board with social justice. So with the implosion of the nuclear family, where is the world going to get a demonstration of a godly family? It's not going to come from Hollywood. That went out the door back in the 60s. It's not going to come from our government. They're legislating this mess. It's not going to come through social justice movements. But the only place left upon this earth where the world can view a patriarchal, traditional nuclear family as God has laid it out is in the church. This is it. We must model godliness in our homes. We need to be families which demonstrate God's plan for the home made up of one man and one woman as husband and wife, and like it or lump it men, the responsibility to model and teach such godliness falls primarily to the fathers. Looking back, I'm so thankful I had a father that taught me in the way of my heavenly father. And I'm thankful for a mother who let him lead his family in the paths of righteousness. You know, the Bible frequently mentions various phrases like the Lord God of your fathers. But did you know the Bible never mentions the Lord God of your mothers? Or any such phrase. Fathers are supposed to lead their families as they have strong relationships with their as they have a strong relationship with their heavenly father. It is fathers who are called to lead their homes and teach their children godliness with mothers backing up a godly father. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Amen. When the children of Israel placed stones for a memorial after they crossed the Jordan River and into the land, the Bible says in Joshua 4.6, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers, in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? And verse 7 opens with, Then ye, ye fathers, shall answer them. And verse 22 says, Then shall ye let your children know. Genesis 18, 19, God speaking of Abraham says, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which He hath spoken of him. Psalm 44, 1 says, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work Thou didst in their days in the times of old. Psalm 127, 4 says, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Psalm 78, 2-4 says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. 
We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 4 say, Hear ye children the instruction of a father. Attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Joel chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days, even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. And finally, Isaiah 38, 19 says, The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The Father to the children shall make known thy truth. And you tell me who the responsibility falls to. Fathers, we must be the leader in teaching our children God's truth. We're not to get caught up in this societal nonsense of our day which so clearly goes against God and His Word. We're not to be, listen, we don't have to be ugly jerks about things, but we can model godliness and we can also preach with our mouths that this is God's preference. With all of our might, we ought to be the patriarchs that God has called us to be. God never changes and therefore He is still in favor of the traditional, patriarchal, nuclear family. We must understand that our marriage is to be a picture of Christ and the church. So we must love our wives as Christ loves the church. And then we must raise, listen dads, we must raise our children properly modeling godliness. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. It's a decision you have to make. God's not going to force you to lead your home in the ways of godliness. God isn't going to force you, fathers, to take the lead. But I want to encourage you this morning, be the father that God wants you to be. Let this world know that there is a God in heaven that He knows best how to structure a family. As you follow God, lead your family aright. The Bible says in Psalm 127 in verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. It is God's desire that every father would leave here today determined to be a more godly influence in their family. Instruct your family. And may our children see the Lord God of their Father like never before. You've heard the testimonies and so have I so many times. Mom was godly. I heard mom singing as she did the chores. Mom took us to church. Thank God for godly mothers. But listen, dads, may that be said of you. Dad made sure I was up to go to church. Dad had a praise in his mouth to God. 
Dad read to us the Word of God. Dad taught us the Word of God. Dad modeled godliness. Why are we losing a generation? Because God's plan for the home is being dismantled in our nation. Joshua 24, 15, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua stepped up. He said, I don't care what others may do. They may serve the gods that were on the other side of the flood. But I know what my house is going to do. And even though Joshua even lived around those who didn't want to walk with God, he said, I'm going to walk with God. He took the lead. Fathers, won't you do the same? Would you pray with me, please?